0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ultimate Imagineer Season 2. It's a new year and a new cast of Imagineers. Six new contestants going head-to-head, creating theme park attractions based on iconic pop culture references, fighting for your votes to win the grand prize of a $50 Disney gift card and to be crowned this year's Ultimate Imagineer. This year, we have contestants from all across the U.S. and our first international contestant. Let's start off this year right with an amazing season. So... If you're new to Ultimate Imagineer, you should go back and listen to Season 1, and then come back here. But, if you don't want to do that, which I don't know why you wouldn't, it was amazing. I'm going to go ahead and explain the rules of how this game works. I have six creative contestants from around North America competing for the title of this year's Ultimate Imagineer. Each Friday in January, two of the contestants are challenged to create a theme park attraction based on a pop culture reference. They have three days to finalize their concepts and present them to you, the listeners, to judge. You then have five days to vote on who you think should move to the top three. Once we have our top three, they then present their concepts in the final challenge for you to vote. And then you pick who becomes this year's Ultimate, ultimate Imagineer. Let's meet this week's Imagineers. Winning his way back into the competition this year is Rodney. Rodney was our first eliminated Imagineer on season one. Let's see how far he makes it this time. Welcome back, Rodney hello oh how fun oh, yes you it. <laughs> Rodney how about you reintroduce yourself to the listeners um
1: hi I'm Rodney um I'm the one that didn't get far last season uh I am a illustration student uh currently living in Southern California um I am an arm- armchair imagineer on my uh my spare time, and I am very, very, very into, you know, the concept of imaginary-themed entertainment, and, uh, yeah, I'm g- glad to be back, so I can hopefully show y'all more of my, my ideas.
0: We are glad to have you back, and thank you for taking the, the chance on coming back, and I really appreciate it. <coughs> <laughs> now, hailing from the Great White North is our very first international contestant, Parker. Let's see what this Canadian can bring to the competition. Welcome, Parker. Bonjour. <laughs> Ooh, come on, French. <laughs> oh, we oui. oui. <laughs> That's madly. Voulez-vous loucher à I've said that wrong. That's okay. I'm in America. We don't have to learn French. <laughs> but
2: welcome. And how about you tell our listeners more about you? All right. Well, uh, hello. I'm Parker. And like Scott said, I am from Canada. Um, I'm a university student, I study environmental science, but of course I have a big passion for theme parks and rides, and yeah, I'm really excited to be here, I have a lot of fun ideas that I am very excited to share, although um, I will admit I was really rooting for Rondi last season, so I'm kind of scared to be up against him already in the first round, but um, I'm excited, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I'm <laughs> Thank you so much once again thank you both
0: for being here thank you for believing in this competition now let's battle this week our imagineers were challenged to create river raft rides based on one of the scariest genres of film slasher movies each contestant gets to pitch their concept to you then you will go and vote on the dyslexic twitter or instagram for who you think should take the first spot in our top three let's begin rodney Go ahead
1: and give us your pitch for your river raft ride based on slasher films. Okay. So, slasher films are, you know, one of my favorite genres. River raft rides, one of the best types of ride systems out there. Um, I had a really, really, really interesting time uh, trying to conceptualize this, and um, a, a really, really good idea came to me, so... Uh, as kids we all defied the rules we all you know we all decided to you know do stuff that wasn't exactly recommended and one of those things was you know not watching horror movies Um, and you know sometimes with certain people it it, it gets to us you know mentally and um, maybe that you know takes the form of nightmares so this right concept is uh taking place in the mind of little timmy he is a uh 10 year old boy who is deathly afraid of water and deathly afraid of drowning timmy unfortunately the night before uh, this riot takes place decided to um watch a horror movie marathon and um that horror movie marathon consisted of some of the most uh, fearsome and and terrifying slashers that uh, um, have existed in cinema history. And one of those slashers is Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger, you know, seeing this as an opportunity to, you know, inflict his his torture upon his victim, has combined uh, Little Timmy's fear of drowning and fear of slasher films due to his horror movie marathon and created a specific nightmare tailored to torment him for as long as he asleep. So how uh, this ride works is um, you are going through certain scenes and uh, certain uh, locations from uh, famous movies such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Scream, uh, Friday the 13th, and of course uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh you start out uh in the loading station uh or well the the um uh facade the facade is of course the child's house um the line would also take place in the house very eerily quiet parents seem to be asleep little timmy's you know sleep but not not well not resting well obviously he's in the middle of this nightmare um you're going through this house very dark very quiet you could only hear the rustling of the wind outside maybe some scrapes against the walls um, static TV in a living room horror VHS's and tapes and CDs are laid out um, kind of showcasing some of the, the movies that you're going to be experiencing during this, um, um, this experience and the loading station would uh, take place outside which um, is, you know, this kind of creek in the backyard. And you kind of look in the back and see Little Timmy's window uh, from the uh, backyard. And you can see a figure with a fedora on with finger, finger hands, basically, or knife hands um, kind of looming over the bed. So that should be your first indication that. We just crossed over into a dream. So you board the vehicle. Um, it kind of transitions into this heavily wooded area, and you pass by this um, this sign that says Camp Crystal Lake, iconic, you know, um, setting of Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, as you're going down the river, uh, it starts to get a little bit rockier. You know, you're, you're definitely moving and turning, and all you can hear within the woods and and the foliage is just a of you know jason stalking you and um and you kind of see figures and and you see trees rustling and until you get to the cabin area and you can hear screaming and 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 the running and, and you kind of see uh ripped and torn clothes and And, you know, you finally stumble upon a bloody scene of um, an unfortunate uh, camp counselor who had met, you know, uh, Jason's machete and kind of stabbed through the chest and is bleeding. And that's when you get your first glimpse of Jason kind of looming on the side of the river and it just gains, uh, it kind of gains speed at that point where the river gets even rockier and it's almost simulating a chase scene, where you'll just lights will kind of illuminate where Jason is at the moment, you know, because you, you know, slashers are abnormally fast. Um, they, they do, do pop be up at random up everywhere. Just... Pop, pop goes the weasel. And and you know, it's just it's really just a high speed chase through the woods to try to get away from Jason. A few jump scares where, where you'll see him kind of uh, uh, running out of a certain area and until uh, you make it out into a clearing and, and, and it kind of calms down a little bit more until you see the iconic house from Texas Chainsaw Massacre boarded up kind of kind of you know decaying a little bit and you're not going there you're going to a slaughterhouse that's located near the property now the slaughterhouse you know how dreams fork and how dreams kind of can seem illogical at some point has a river in the middle of it middle of it but that river is flowing and is kind of it, it seems a little bit different from camp crystal lake the river is red. The river is red with the blood of the slaughtered, uh, slaughtered um, the pigs, and and just imagine a damp, kind of industrial slaughterhouse with meat hooks and and you know processing uh, machines. And as you're walking through, you can hear the the dragging of a chainsaw on the ground, and you start to notice some of these. Uh, some of this meat package and these meat bags on these meat hooks have the shape of humans and you see some of them twitching until Leatherface revs up his chainsaw and comes out of the bags ripping and roaring and trying to get you and just trying to get you know everybody on that raft and to gain speed in here. And and all you can see is just the darkness and the metal and the and uh, just pig corpses and body parts and and, and kind of it kind of uses um, sounds and sights and um, and potentially smells. You know, there's such a, a open uh, open way you can express just the dinginess of this of this, you know, slaughterhouse. And you're greeted with some of the uh, Sawyer family members, you know, Um, and they're all just trying to keep all this a secret and just trying to get rid of you, whether that may be just killing you, whether that may cannibalizing you, you don't know. All you want to do is get out of there and the blood is just splashing in this, you know, river it's getting on you. Obviously, not that bad because it's a theme park, right? We don't want you coming out all dirty and whatever. Um, and you finally make it out. Everything seems calm until you get one final jump scare from Leatherface as you exit the the slaughterhouse, and he's just ripping and roaring, and he's mad that you're getting away. And kind of an homage to the original ending, where you know he he's just angry and he's just slashing his um chainsaw through the air and it's just really mad. Very,
0: Very iconic, scene. iconic scene.
1: The next one you you it, it, it transitions to, to a more uh, uh, residential neighborhood. Uh you know, a sign another sign of kind of setting the tone and setting the place as Had, uh, uh of course uh, iconic location of the, the Halloween movies and okay. um, Halloween night trick-or-treaters seems to have you know kind of died down everything's still decorated until you know you hear the kind of da da and there's, uh, there's Michael just standing on the side of the river, just kind of staring, not really chasing you, just seems to be staring. And, you know, y- your raft diverts into one of these houses, which happens to be the Strode household. Um, in the middle of when, you know, he's trying to get Lori and uh he's trying to you know get rid of her because michael crazy whatever um you just see kind of of a mess in the household you know there's knocked over the lamps and and closets are kind of open uh and 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 you just see lori holding a knife kind of scared in the kitchen and then you know you hear the iconic music cue and all of a sudden He's really, really close to the raft. Obviously not super close because of the water and all that, but like right near the edge. And you won't notice it until you see the light illuminating him in the iconic sound. You know, kind of trying to give that iconic uh, iconic Michael scare because he's not really, he's not super, you know, I'm going to come after you and I'm going to run after you. No, he, he just pops up. And... He, he waits. waits. He doesn't like he. He's not in a rush to kill you. He's he's waiting for you. Um. And he uh. And you know you're just going kind of the rest through the rest of the household, you know through the bathroom, and he keeps showing up, and it's just, it's kind of, in a way, framing that iconic uh, house scene with Laurie, and translating it in a way to where these rap writers can still see it while being thrilled. Um and uh, you know you exit the house you go back through the neighborhood and it's just Michael over and over again and you see kind of the, the weird uh, misplaced things throughout the neighborhood um, you know you kind of see decorations that you know, look a little bit too real and uh, maybe a human head that's carved like a pumpkin on the porch of one house and kind of showing the aftermath Of um You know his Ongoing search for Lori and trying to kill her And um Of course one final Uh one final ending I kind of took inspiration From how HHN handled this Um There would be Kind of a, a, a pumpkin pack Scene In a, in a, in a Um that has you know this that that big um uh pumpkin uh face from the one of the uh posters and uh um, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's kind of your final michael scheme he just keeps popping in and out through uh these uh you know pumpkins and uh it's a mad dash to you know just evade him even though you don't know where he's gonna pop up next and um finally you get away, you know, you're away from the pumpkin patch. And then you 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 um it, you go back into a neighborhood, but it's not the same neighborhood. Not the same neighborhood, not Haddonfield. You look at a street sign and it says Elm Street. This is the final scene. This is your your confrontation with the person that's been causing these dreams. Uh you know, kind of causing torment from Little Timmy. And you happen to see Little Timmy standing in front of the Elm Street house, dilapidated, definitely not, hasn't been habitated in a while. Um, And you kind of curve around to the backyard, and there's a shed. And you go inside the shed, and it doesn't make sense because inside the shed is a huge boiler room this is the finale scene, this is the iconic boiler room scene um, just, mm-hmm. just metal twisted this is it's a nightmare, nightmare. <laughs> this is, um, you know, Freddy kind of revealing himself to you uh, you um, see some of his most iconic kills like the TV head um, the TV uh, you know, with the head crashing, uh, you know, in the TV with mm-hmm. Freddy and all that and uh where freddy's puppeteering somebody uh by their muscle strings in his uh in his gloves and um uh, very very not steampunk but very just kind of industrial and and metal and and mm-hmm. heat and steam and um you don't really get a good conclusion for timmy you know he uh you know, he's you see him in multiple places in this boiler room trying to run from Freddy. Uh, Freddy is trying to, uh, you know, obviously get this, this little kid, but you know, it seems to be kind of evading him. And, uh, you know, it's it's it would be like kind of like a very, very, very wild goose chase between this little boy and this child murderer. Um, and you know Freddy pops up in different forms you have his you know you know that that one you know snake Freddy that was in one of the movies trying to eat, eat, eat the kid and and finally he, he, he grabs him and all you see is just him holding this kid while this kid is wriggling in his arms and you just you're, you're just plunged into complete darkness until you see the light at the end of total and all of a sudden You're back at the house. You you really don't see a definitive conclusion until you you get off and you walk through uh, the exit line, and it just says missing child. Timmy posters along the wall, fences just everywhere, and um, you know this police tape in front of the uh, in front of the house. It It would be kind of a situation where you board and exit at different areas of the ride. Uh, just to kind of not break the illusion, mm-hmm. um, you know, police tape in the front of the house, uh, cars in front, and and you know that's where you exit. That's your final look at this ride. So obviously, it was a dream, but it affected him in
0: real life. Wow, <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank, Thank you, you so much.
2: You. You're
0: welcome. Now let's head over to Parker. Parker, give the audience
2: your pitch for a river raft ride based on Slack. Alright, so um for my River Raft ride, I've decided to focus in specifically on the Friday the 13th franchise. So a quick little backstory here is um this ride takes place in the present day. Um it's been years since Jason's series of killing sprees at Camp Crystal Lake. And now the locals have decided to build a new summer camp, but having learned their lessons after 10 plus years of Jason encounters or 20 or however many years he's been ravaging the town, they decide not to build it on the cursed Crystal Lake property. Instead, they use a site upriver called Crystal Falls. Here, they hope for a fresh start for a camp that is free from the curse and reputation of the previous camp's horrible past. The camp is expected to open in a few weeks, and Crystal Falls has decided to open its gates to the public for an open house, uh, where you'll get to learn about the new facility and even take part in a few camp activities. So, of course, the queue um, is kind of set in this wooded area. The entrance to the ride uh, kind of looks like if you can picture like those classic wooden camp gates, it's all freshly constructed wood, and it has mm-hmm. the words Crystal Falls. But then, underneath it, there's a little banner um, that says Jason's River of Revenge. That is the full ride title right there. Crystal Falls, colon, Jason's River of Revenge. However, this banner doesn't look like it's supposed to be here. It kind of looks like it was hastily put up, and it, it wasn't the camp that put it there. It just who knows how it got there. (laughs) So then, um, like I said, you enter the queue, you're in this wooded area. And as you go along, you see these little, um, like posters, little plaques all the way along. And each plaque will tell you a little bit about some activities that the camp is going to offer. So you learn that the camp will have rock climbing, archery, canoeing, hiking, and of course, a river rafting expedition. Um as you go further along in the queue you there's also a little uh if you know what a ropes course is or like an off-school course that camps have yeah so there's like mm-hmm. yeah stuff like that like a small bridge little stumps to hop on nothing too tall but like just something that you can kind of do while you're in the queue um but as you're going mm-hmm. all through this area you notice these newspaper articles on the trees they're torn and they're tattered and You see little pictures and little hints and you see the words Jason and you see pictures of Jason but you can't quite make it out and again, it kind of looks like those newspapers aren't supposed to be there. Anyways, the queue continues along and you end up at the camp's main lodge. But on the outside are these spray-painted words that say Jason Lives. But you know what? You don't need to worry about that. You're just here for the open house. Who cares about a little vandalism? You go inside and you enter this grand hall. Um, there's benches on the middle. Of the, yeah, there's benches in the middle of the room, and you see all these camp counselors along the sides. These are actual actors, and um, they direct guests to sit on the benches. And um, while everyone's getting seated, they sing some camp songs and whatnot, just getting everyone into the camp mood. And once everyone is seated, an upbeat and enthusiastic uh, person walks to the front of the room. And this is is, uh, Camp Crystal Falls' camp director. He thanks everyone for coming out to the open house. He says the camp is almost ready to go. They're just putting up a few finishing touches on everything. And also taking care of what appears to be vandalism that took place recently. Uh, He explains that the local teens are quite the pranksters he continues on with his speech and says oh i almost forgot to introduce myself silly me my name is jason and i'm the camp director of camp crystal falls one of the counselors that was standing along the sides interrupts him and says jason huh you mean like that psychopath that killed all those people at the other camp this causes a riot among the other counselors they start whispering among themselves there's a bit of a commotion And this gets Jason, the camp director, a little flustered. Um, He tries to change the subject and says to the guests, oh, don't mind them, you know counselors and their passion for ghost stories. But anyways, uh, Jason continues with his little speech and um, he assures everyone that Camp Crystal Falls is completely safe and that he's the only Jason here. And uh, you don't need to worry about him unless uh, the counselors don't do their jobs properly. A little joke towards them. Um, But you you eventually learn that he's fine and the camp is fine. There's nothing to worry about here. So Jason, the camp director, then tells everyone that the next item on the itinerary is a short tour of the cabins, which will then be followed by a chance to try out one of the camp's most anticipated activities, the river rafting adventure. And then he leaves the room saying, my trusty counselors will take it from here. Now, before guests are released from this room, the counselor that interrupted before, we're going to call her Becky. She says, I wouldn't head to those docks if I were you. I suggest all of you get out of here while you still can. Another random counselor pipes up, shut up, Becky. Like, this isn't the first time she's interrupted. And, um, that Becky goes on to say, Oh, you don't believe me? Fine. But I would check out cabin 13 before your little raft adventure. A third counselor pipes up, You mean the crazy groundskeepers, cabin? That guy's a lunatic. Don't waste your time. Sorry. Don't waste their time, Becky. These people are on a very tight schedule. A fourth counselor then joins in the conversation and is like, Okay, well, why don't we let these people go on their way? Hmm? And um, anyways, the queue finally lets out of the Grand Lodge and you find yourself in a small clearing with a few cabins circling a campfire pit. A nice little camp scene, very cute, very quaint. The queue meanders around this area for a bit and into some of the cabins, nothing seems too out of the ordinary. Until you enter cabin 13, which is a larger and dilapidated looking cabin. Um, You enter... And you see a little sign on the front that says Groundskeeper. So inside, there's an old TV playing. Old clips of, basically just clips from the uh, Friday the 13th movies. But they're kind of made to look like home videos or like news reports or things like that. Um, The walls are decorated with weapons that Jason has used throughout the films. As well as other props and Jason memorabilia just you can recognize certain things from the film all throughout this cabin um anyways um a cast member walks in another actor here and switches off the tv and this person welcomes the guests in saying so you've come to discover the truth huh this person reveals themselves to be the camp's groundskeeper and explains that crazy ralph is their grandfather they had been gathering information about uh, Jason, the uh, killer, over the years. And basically, they just give a brief synopsis of the films and basically guess, gets guests up to speed on who Jason is. So if you've never seen any of the movies, by this point, you should kind of understand the story. And it goes on to say, Jason is not dead. And Camp Crystal Falls is not immune to Crystal Lake's curse. Suddenly, another... Camp worker rushes in and scolds this person for wasting guest time with silly ghost stories before ushering guests out and onto the loading dock, which is just behind this cabin. So you you enter the ride station, and things are kind of back to normal, more campy, and um, some TV screens show an enthusiastic counselor giving a really peppy safety spiel. So everything's all happy-go-lucky as you're ready to go. So you're in your raft... You start off going down the river. The rapids are not too intense. You go through forests and by canyons. A few small geysers erupt here and there, but it's generally a pretty fun, peaceful scene until you pass through a short tunnel. On the other side, you float by a destroyed raft that is just sitting off to the bank of the river. As you get closer... We realize that it's full of freshly murdered corpses. Some still have weapons lodged in their bodies, and one body is still twitching and moaning. Up ahead, you notice a waterfall flowing over a high cliff. As you approach it, you hear a bit of a commotion coming from up top. You can't see who it is, but you definitely know that some people are up there. All of a sudden, a blood-curdling scream pierces the air as the waterfall runs red just as you're passing under it you enter a pitch black tunnel and throughout this whole section you witness briefly illuminated scenes of murder taking place on the banks of the river so at one point the lights turn on there's a counselor springing up a uh, bow and arrow like a bow and he's stabbed with an archery arrow lights off float a little further down another light turns on where you see a counselor trying to tie ropes when all of a sudden he's choked and dragged out of sight. Lights off. Continue on a little more. Lights on again. A counselor is prepping a canoe uh, when all of a sudden an entire paddle just is plunged right through his body. All throughout these scenes, you never see who the killer is. But with each murder, water that is dyed red sprays from, um, the counselor's bodies onto the riders. You exit the tunnel, and this is a very turbulent part of the rapids, and unlike the peaceful scenes from before, you see blood on the rocks and on the banks of the river, and yeah, it's definitely not the peaceful camp that you once thought it was. After that, you approach a split in the river, so at this point, your raft can either take one or one path or another and which path you take is completely randomized there's not really any control mechanism it's just kind of whatever way the water takes you so starting off with the first pathway here you float by a shrine of Pamela Voorhees um, kind of like what you see in the second movie so it's her head and a whole shrine around it and it's surrounded by a circle of candles but these candles extinguish themselves just spontaneously as you pass by you drift into a cabin-like structure and there you see a partially decomposed pamela drop from the roof with a knife so um for this effect if you guys know like where the in uh the jurassic park river adventure rides where the velociraptor kind of comes sliding towards you mm-hmm. it's um yeah it's basically that effect but Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you continue down uh, inside this cabin and uh, she peers to one side of your raft uh, but the rafts are going fast enough that you're able to evade her and then she peers on your other side but at this point you're not going quite as fast and she's getting very close to your raft but a counselor decapitates her with a machete and as that happens, red water just sprays uncontrollably uncontrollably from her severed neck. So it's as if, you know, like blood is spraying over on the riders. Um, after that point, you continue on a little more. You exit the tunnel and then... Hold on, I just lost my notes here. <laughs> so yeah, so... Um, Pamela is decapitated, water just sprayed on you, Um, you exit the cabin, and those with the keen eye will notice a sackcloth Jason, so like second movie Jason, watching you from the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, You enter another tunnel, and in here you have some encounters with Jason. He attempts to attack the raft from all sides um, with an axe, and you have a couple close encounters that, like the tunnel before, they're briefly illuminated. There's a couple sure. strobes, but you manage to evade him and you exit that tunnel. Now, let's rewind for a bit. So, like I said, there's two paths. That was pathway one. Now we're jumping over to pathway two. So, if you took the other side of that split. So, this time, instead of floating by Pamela's shrine, you actually float by Jason's grave. And just as you're beside it, a machete pierces the ground. Right beside you. You enter a similar like yeah, you enter a similar cavern-like structure, and there's another ceiling drop effect, but this time it is Jason, and he is wearing his iconic hockey mask, and he is wielding machete pointed right at you, but again you managed to evade him. Um, you have a couple encounters where Jason appears to the sides of your raft, he attempts to murder you as you're floating along, but you manage to escape. You leave the tunnel, um, and here you can see Jason in the water. He is wading his way towards your raft. But luckily, you see a counselor appear from the top of a cliff who attempts to shoot Jason down with a gun. As this shootout is happening, water cannons are going all over uh, by your raft, um, spraying the riders. But then Jason, who is very resourceful, he can get his hands on any weapon he wants, pulls out his own gun, and shoots down the counselor and as that happens the counselor falls to the ground as a big gush of water sprays out from his chest and down from the top of the cliff and spraying down on the riders so after this point the two paths join up together once again so yeah you continue on and at this point you're experiencing the most turbulent rapids of the entire ride it's very shaky and wild, and you just kind of keep on going down the river, and then you enter the final cabin structure. Inside, it is once again pitch black, you can't see anything, you don't know what's going on, and the raft comes to a complete stop, which is weird, like, how can that happen? It's a river. Everything is very quiet. Just then, the raft is lifted out of the water, and it turns out you're on an elevator lift, halfway up the elevator stops a lantern flickers on and it illuminates an empty room inside the cabin everything seems quiet for a moment when all of a sudden a maskless Jason bursts through the far side of the room with an axe through a window and just starts wildly swinging at the riders before he is able to actually reach the raft the elevator lift uh, resumes at a very quick pace so you're getting out of there as fast as you can brings riders to the top of the lift after that your flume continues into um, another room of the cabin when all of a sudden jason appears um he rips through the floorboards and appears in that upper room um and just chaos ensues jason is mad he is coming at you he is swinging a machete wildly he is just he's coming at you this is this is it he's gonna get you um But then some counselors show up, and they attempt to save the day. Um, Of course, there are a few casualties. Not all the counselors make it, but they can't seem to stop Jason. He continues to make his way towards the raft, and at the very last moment, a counselor comes up from behind and plunges a dagger through Jason's heart. Water sprays out, of course, dyed red. You get (laughs) Jason's blood splattered all over you as he's strobe lights flash, and you plunge down the ride's main drop. At the bottom of the falls, you find yourself in a large pond, and Jason is dead. You are safe. Everything is fine. Or is it? In one final jump scare, Jason erupts from the water and attempts to grab the raft, but he misses, and you continue to float down the river and towards the exit platform. those with a keen eye will be able to see a decapitated head of Freddy Krueger on the side of the bank of the river and as you float past him his eyes open and he gives you a little wink, kind of like the end of Freddy versus Jason Anyways, after that point you float into um, your exit platform um, you leave your raft and there's a couple counselors there like saying, oh my gosh, are you okay? Um, anyone heard all that kind of stuff, and they direct you to head down a trail that heads back to camp through the woods. So, you walk through this trail, but all throughout, there are scare actors with hockey masks on that come at you with a couple more weapons, like they swing axes, and they swing spears, and a couple of them have chainsaws, so it's basically like a mini um, haunt. And then finally, you arrive back at camp, a few emergency vehicles are there, and um, some news reporters are there and they try to stop and ask guests about their experiences. And it's this whole scene. And um, from there, you enter a gift shop, which is, of course, Camp Crystal Falls's tuck shop where you can buy ride souvenirs, camp merch. And, of course, see your ride photo under a display of people who have survived the Crystal Falls Massacre. Well,
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. I want to go ahead and say thank you both for creating such amazing concepts for this season. These are two of the best and well thought out armchair Imagineering concepts I've ever heard in my entire life. You both are <laughs> in it to win it and I can tell. Um, so now it's time for you, the listeners. You have the power to send your favorite Imagineer this week to take the first spot in the top three. Head over to the Dyslexic Twitter page, which is at Scott021 or look up Dyslexic to use or, or to vote or use the SurveyMonkey link in the bio of my Instagram, Dyslexic96, to vote as well. Make sure that you make your voice heard and send your favorite this week to the top three. Good luck, Imagineers! But before we go, let's find out you can follow our Imagineers. Rodney, um, where can you our can listeners follow me? Follow on you? Twitter <laughs> at Rocket
1: Rods or Instagram at Rocket Rods. I post there uh, pretty frequently. Uh, see some of my art and um, just day to day life.
2: Fantastic, thank you. And Parker, where can uh, you our can find me on find my you? YouTube channel, which is called Adventures with Parker and Um, It's a channel about theme parks, travel, local attractions, and outdoorsy stuff. And you can also find me on Twitter and on Instagram at ADV Parker. Fantastic.
0: Thank you both. Now, remember, everybody, you can vote on my Twitter page at at Scott021. It will be pinned to my profile or you can use the SurveyMonkey link in my bio of my instagram my twitter is at scott021 and my instagram is dyslexic 96 again make sure you make your voice heard and send your favorite this week to the top three thank you all once again for joining us for this brand new season of ultimate imagineer don't forget to vote and we will see you all next week bye everybody